Hi everyone, I'm Lauren. And I'm Lindsay. And this is Swearing Mamas. Us. <laughs> All right. Welcome back, everyone. Today we have a special episode. We're chatting with holistic physical therapist, Laura DeFranco. Laura, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Thanks for remembering my name. <laughs> I do know the last name. And Laura's pretty easy. <laughs> All right. So before we get into it, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and what exactly it is that you do? Yeah, thanks. Um, So I've been a holistic physical therapist for almost 30 years now. I started off my career in the the healing and healthcare realm. And um, somewhere down the line, I started to do a lot of writing. And so I'll fast forward to my current... um, my current business is called Brave Healer Productions. And I really have a huge mission to help other healers share their stories. And really, I believe in healing the world with our words. And so um, I like to talk about like, getting over the, the fear of sharing those stories and really stepping up and playing a little bit bigger in the world like that. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, well, before we get as much into the writing, can you tell us a little bit about what holistic physical therapy is and what inspired you to start it, doing it? Yeah, you know, I was one of the lucky ones because I kind of picked it early on. I was um, really still in high school when we had um, a speaker come into the career center, a physical therapist, and I was so jazzed by her energy and enthusiasm. I kind of like decided that day that that's what I was going to do. And I had been an athlete all my life. I thought I wanted to be like a sports medicine doctor or something. But after she came in, I got really excited and pursued that path right away. And, you know, in grad school for physical therapy, it was a very small class um, that I was in, 29 people. And two thirds of those people were career change people. So they were older, had families and were making completely, um, you know, completely big changes in their career. And so I always felt lucky that I got that, that I got, that I picked that right away. And, you know, sometimes you look back at your life in retrospect and go, Hey, thanks universe. Thanks for setting me up like that. You know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I, you know, I, I don't have like the story of some huge injury that I had and made me want to get into physical therapy. I just really was interested and fascinated about the body and peak performance. And I wanted to learn about it and, and help people. So you still do that physically too, in addition to your writing? Yeah, I do. I kind of have two businesses going on and I work out of my home. I have a private practice for the hands-on physical therapy. And I uh, do all of the other stuff that I'm doing, writing and teaching workshops and speaking and all that good stuff, like every other second of the day. <laughs> I feel like that's definitely the way to, to do it. <laughs> um, so if someone wants to like visit you for the physical therapy side of things, what's kind of like, just for example, like what kind of things do you do that are a little different? 
Well, you know, the reason I tagged on the word holistic to this is first of all, to kind of get you all to pay attention to the fact that I'm not an average physical therapist. When you get shoved into the traditional physical therapy setting, you're usually given a prescription from a doctor for one of your body parts and the therapist will like evaluate and treat that. But I figured out from an early on moment that if I wasn't treating the whole mind, body, soul of a person, I wasn't doing them any favors. And another thing that I think I lucked out on is that very early in my career, I had super awesome mentors who were already doing this kind of physical therapy. And so I, now I help people, a lot of people who come to me, they have chronic and complex problems. They've been to five doctors and, you know, 10 physical therapists, and they're still searching because they haven't figured out that more holistic answer. So I see a lot of neck and back pain. I see a lot of chronic and complex pain types of syndromes, post-surgical issues, um, stuff like that, stuff that other people haven't been able to figure out. That's neat. I, I want to see you. Um, <laughs> Come on over. <laughs> how actually, how would uh, any of our listeners go about if they are in the area and wanted to? Yeah, um, thank you for things. asking. My local practice is in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm about five miles out of the DC area. And if you guys go hop on to bravehealer.com, you're going to see my services tab. And there is a physical therapy services there that you can click on and figure out all the details. And I work, you know, by appointment only, of course, and um, would be happy to uh, chat with people beforehand to see if it's a good fit. Awesome. So you mentioned that you were working on a book at the moment. Would you mind telling us about that? Yeah, you know, I'm a six-time published poet and author, and so I am always writing something. Uh, My last book was just released this past June from Possibilities Publishing Company. It's called Brave Healing, A Guide for Your Journey. And that book is really, they're calling these kinds of books teaching memoirs, because what I did is I put some personal story, and then every other chapter is a guided body awareness and writing tool. And so after getting that book done and published and out there and receiving some of the super awesome feedback that I received, I decided to pick the topic next for the next book that was coming up over and over again with really with my clients. And that was the fear, you guys. So what I want to do is I want to talk about and write about overcoming the kind of fear that gets in your way of really, like I was saying earlier, stepping up and playing a little bit bigger in the world by getting your message out loud. That's why I love podcasts. That's why I love um, talking to you guys and really talking about these topics. So I believe in a kind of purpose-driven fear. It's different than like survival fear that makes you feel like you're going to die and you need to run away type of thing. Um, It feels the same, but there are some differences and I'm writing about the differences and helping people through that kind of fear so that they can do the things they want to do in their life and their business. Okay. So now I'm intrigued. You said you have (laughs) six books out. Tell us about some of the other ones. Yeah. I've been writing a lot. Uh, My first memoir was written and published in 2012. I self-published that and I actually have a really great story about that book. 
Um, my very first book, you know, you can ask any of my friends and family and they will tell you that my entire career I talked about writing a book and then it never happened. And, you know, I went on for like, I don't know, decade and a half of my healing career, just talking about writing, but never doing it. And um, in 2006, my son was five and a half and we were looking for an activity for him. And so we decided to visit a Taekwondo class and we went together to watch. And then after we walked out and I looked down at him, I'm like, well, what do you think? Should we do this? And he looked at me and he says, well, I'll do it if you do it, mom. <laughs> and six years later, we earned our black belts together at our local Y at their Taekwondo program. So I wrote a book about it and it was fantastic. I was a healer and a mom and a wife and doing all the different things I was doing in my life. And that book is called Living, Healing and Taekwondo. And it really talks about the journey that I was on um, me and with him and the whole sort of lifestyle of martial arts. It's, it's pretty awesome. That is really cool. <laughs> I wrote a lot after that, did some, um, a lot of poetry. So I actually have four poetry journals as well. And then the latest book I told you guys about already called Brave Healing. So yeah, that's the book journey in a nutshell. That's awesome. Do you have any of those poems on hand? If not, it's okay. We can edit this part out. <laughs> I do. Oh my God. I love poems, you guys. Hang on a second and I will grab one. So, um, now no, I'm about to like flip through the journal and just read you something. Okay. Okay. All right. We're ready. <laughs> so like you never know what, what this is going to be about, but I, um, one thing I can say to you guys is I love writing poetry. Poetry has been this thing where, when I really connect with that space inside that feels like the words are coming from a bigger place, the poetry comes out and it comes out now like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I can sit down and I'll be getting this message in my head that says, you know, it's time to write a poem and I'll sit down and these whole poems will come out. So let's see, you know, now that you've asked me to read one, I'm like, oh my God, the one I pick isn't going to be good enough. <laughs> we didn't put you on the spot. I know. <laughs> okay. So let, I'm just going to go for it. Cause you know, you know, there's so many poems in these books. This one is called ride the night, ride the night in shadowy dreams, sparkling bright with hope, coast along in visions with all the dazzling souls who believe. Sail away in coconut-coated breezes, teasing you out of your skin, and then light the sky with fiery promises, spilling diamonds onto yourself. Dance into your future, outstretched and expectant, patiently anxious with knowing. Speak it all up with fierce love and gratitude, radiating yeses to your desires exude your heat with eyes and heart tempting essence to steal the show move in the world in moments and bites mindful delights only meant for joy live now or never in raw true you taste the salt of wonder along the rim of doubt and then Breathe the uncertainty with chocolate-covered presence, sucking slowly, revealing its crunchy core. 
eat some more with a curious tongue and mind. Find the time to savor your pain. Hold your secrets with ease and grace, lifting them to the wind for release. Ride the night in dark, sweet dreams, lingering shivers through your spine. It's time to be. It's time to be fiercely alive. So how'd you like that one? <laughs> I love that. That was beautiful. I, I have to say that I'm also as a songwriter, so I'm guessing I'm a poet in a way as well. Oh yeah. Um, I was not expecting that style from from you, ah. just based on the <laughs> how you handle the more physical side of things. That was like a very like artsy type of writing. Ah, thank you. You know, um, I wrote, there was a a period of time where I wrote about, I was calling them poems. There were about 10 of them. And I posted a couple for some, some people to look at. And I had at least five different people comment and say to me, that's a song. (laughs) And so there are, and that wasn't one of them that I just read, but there are um, several that I've written now that really, I guess I need to hook up with somebody who knows more about lyrics because, you know, (laughs) yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, Was there anything else you wanted to say about the book? Well, um, you know, one of the best things about the poetry is, uh, so as a healer, as a, a physical therapist, I I'm licensed in the state of Maryland and to keep our license, we go to continuing education courses a couple times a year. And back in 2014, I was flying out to Sedona to take one of those courses. And um, I do a lot of hands-on therapy. I do something called myofascial release and I practice craniosacral therapy. And these are some of the mind body types of modalities that I love to use that, you know, I was talking about earlier, just more holistic. So flying out to Sedona, I'm like going to this massive healing um, course and just feeling the vibe already on the plane. And I reached down for my journal that day on the plane and wrote, wrote some, you did some journaling. And when I closed that journal, I kept getting this message that was saying, this isn't meant for you, you know, you're, you want to read this out loud when you get there. So I like kind of ignored the voice and spent another day getting myself ready, getting to the hotel and arrived at the first day of the class with this voice in my head. And normally we go to these classes, they're a little bit smaller, but this particular one, there were 220 of us in the ballroom and the chairs were set up there kind of in front of the stage because we were going to listen to the lecture at first. And for whatever reason, I sat in the very center middle of the, of the room that day. So that is not something I normally do. Normally I'll find like an end seat in case I have to like go pee or something, you know, Um, but I feel that. So here I am in the center middle of a ballroom of 220 people with this message in my head that kept saying, this wasn't just for you. You need to read it out loud. And I'm like, what? You know, so I couldn't couldn't raise my hand like the the teacher came up and he's like, anybody have any questions or comments? You know, he's starting off the class like that. And I could have easily raised my hand, but I was so chicken shit. So I asked him at the break. I'm like, what what you know, what would you feel like if I read something from my journal? He's like, well, how long is it? 
I'm like, well, it'll just take me a minute or two. He's like, okay. So he kept, we get back from the break and he gets up on the stage. And the very first thing he says is someone had something they wanted to share. And I'm like, okay. So my heart was pounding and I got up, grabbed the journal, opened it up and read the journal entry that I had written on the plane. I sat down still shaking and the entire room erupted in applause. And I still didn't even really know what was happening until after we broke again and everyone went out to take a, you know, water break or whatever. And the gal came up to me and grabbed my arm and said, thank you so much for sharing that poem with us. And I looked at her and I'm like, poem. Ah, and I became a poet that day. Oh my God, that's, <laughs> that's my favorite story. Oh, uh, I just, you know how sometimes you are something, but it takes somebody else telling you you're it before you truly like get it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that was my moment. And ever since that class in 2014, I actually have lost track, but four poetry journals were, were published after that. So that's how many poems were coming out of me. It's been a, quite a ride. It sounds like it. I love this. Yeah. So our listeners are parents. You mentioned that you are also a mom of of two, right? Yep. I've got an 18-year-old son going on 18, started college this year. And I've got a 16-year-old daughter going on 25. (laughs) That's how it works. Yes. Yes. Uh, Is this subject something that you um, relate to your parenting? Oh, totally. <laughs> you mean the what well what subject are you talking about? Uh the, the fears. Oh, yes, of course. Oh my gosh, how could you not, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so much in there that um mostly being a recovering perfect good girl that I am, <laughs> it's the fear of doing it wrong. You know, yeah. of like messing them up of like saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing as a parent. And oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, that would be, yeah, that's probably a whole nother book, right? <laughs> I need to read that book. If you, if you come out with it, send us two copies. That's the <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of parents, of course, have, I think, hey, I think a lot of good parents have those fears. If you get my drift. Yes. Yes. So like if you're aware and you're really thinking about it and it it's up inside of you as something that you think about, you know, with your kids every day, that means you're a good parent. That means that you have the awareness of it. And, I, you know, I don't know um, how much awareness my parents or, or their parents had in those generations growing up. They were just sort of doing the best they could with what they had at the time. But Oh my God. Can you imagine having a parent as a healer? My kids, I swear, I feel bad for them some days. (laughs) I think it's probably like an awesome gift for them though. (laughs) I I know. And I'm teasing. I think so too. I think from a standpoint of um, communication alone, I already feel really, really good about, about that piece of it. Just being able to talk about things um, that maybe some other parents, you know, don't talk about or don't even think to talk about. And I'm happy to say that I have some, you know, really great relationships with my two kiddos. That's good. Yeah. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. It's hard being a parent. It is. It's hard being a parent who has 
dreams for themselves, for them themselves. Um, you want some way to follow your own passion and mission and calling in the world and be a good mom or dad. And sometimes that feels impossible, but I actually think that part of my mission in the world, being a parent and doing what I'm doing out there is to kind of model the fact that you can do it really well and you can sort of stay accountable to your own dreams. It's important. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I actually had a question that you kind of answered in a way, um, but maybe you could elaborate on, which is um, going in, I was going to ask you what about people who don't really know what is uh, ahead for them or don't really know what their fears necessarily are. Um, but then you kind of mentioned that story about reading the journal entry. Um, so I was just kind of wondering if you had more to say about you know, figuring all that out and sort of getting more in touch with yourself. Yeah. You know, that's actually the very first step. And being in a space of not knowing is actually totally okay. People get so anxious over not knowing and not being fully clear because they feel like that has to happen, um, you know, before anything else can happen. Well, what about just the exploration of your own desire? And I know a lot of moms especially get stuck in, in the parenting and don't feel like they ever have time to think about themselves, take care of themselves, let alone really explore like what their wants and needs and desires are. But that is really, really important. And it can be done. You can do both. I think that we think that to be a perfect parent means we do everything all the time, never ask for help. We, we have to do it all and we have to do it all perfectly. Well, what if part of being an awesome parent is getting some help on a regular basis so that you can feel rejuvenated, so that you can explore your own desires, so that you can be a better parent from that angle? I love to talk about that because I wonder how many of us are really doing that for ourselves. I think it, it, it's really, really difficult, but it starts there. It starts with under even understanding what you want. So many people say, I don't know. I haven't even had a chance to ask myself that question. You get that? Definitely. I almost feel like it's kind of cyclical too, because the more stressed out you are, the less time that you're willing to devote to your own sanity. Yes. So I guess it's kind of like you just jump in and start taking care of yourself and like let the dishes pile up or the laundry <laughs> pile up if they have to for a day or two. That's that's my best times. I don't know about you. Yeah, that's a vicious cycle you're talking about and it'll feed on itself. And so you have to stop up the cycle at some point and figure out, you know, listen, if you're if you're stressed out all the time and never practicing any kind of self-care, all that's going to really happen from that is you're going to completely burn out at some point and get end up getting sick, exhausted, sick, and then what good are you to anyone, right? So how many times have we heard this? Take care of yourself first. Put mm -hmm. your oxygen mask on first. Oh my God, I'm so bored of that. Like <laughs> we just have to figure out that it's necessary. This is not a luxury thing. We need to serve from an overflow. Moms need that more than anybody. Moms are healers. So totally. when we take it on from that perspective, 
if we're burning out and stressing out and pulling our hair out and not asking for help and not really getting the care that we need, we're not serving anybody. So it's really time to like take it on as um, part of our duty, you know? Yes. It's funny because like you're a big proponent of this. Um, I have been a big proponent of self-care and like meditation. I'm always telling people like, I meditate with my baby, meditate with your kids, whatever. And then our last guest was also named Lauren and she was also big on self-care. So I think it's like a Laura Lauren thing. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, it's a hot topic. You know, a lot of people talk about it at this point, but you know, what's going to actually move people into action. I would hate for the catalyst to be that you actually got sick. So what, you know, what is keeping us from getting into the prevention mode? We, you know, I had a coach say to me one day, um, please smell the smoke before your house burns down. And so if you're really paying attention, you're going to be able to notice from a body awareness standpoint, you're going to hear the messages from your body at a much sooner stage and then be able to kind of fill up your cup. And reality is we've going to have times with empty cup and we're going to have times with full cup and we're going to have a lot of times sort of in between. So it's not about always having that full cup all the time, 100% of the time. It's about noticing when it starts to empty and then doing something about it soon enough. I love that analogy. That's perfect. Yeah, because we always think, oh, and then we get down on ourselves. You know, we hear this, oh, the empty cup, the empty cup. We realize our cup is like way more than empty. Like we're putting the cup upside down over our tongue, hoping a drop more will come out, right? And there's nothing. And then we get down on ourselves for uh, the fact that we let it get that empty. It's like snow mm-hmm. doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you have you have so many great messages. I'm loving that we get to have this on our show. I definitely do think, like you said, moms need to hear this stuff, um, maybe the most. Yeah, I I believe it. And don't you know? Stop believing that you have to do everything on your own. Um, this takes you know the whole. It takes a village to raise the kid, right? So what about it takes a village to keep the mom. <laughs> healthy. So what about the mom's village, right? So we need the mom to have the village too. And that's part of it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Just jumping back to the book for a moment. um, You said it's out already, right? Yeah. So the one that was released this year is called Brave Healing. And that's the, the sort of teaching memoir. It's got some really awesome guided exercises in it for people who are, um, you know, interested in this. I don't like to use the M word, meaning meditation, because it scares people. Like I'm not asking Hmm. people to sit on a pillow for an hour with their legs crossed. Um, (laughs) I like the other M word, which is mindful. And so it's guided exercises to help you sort of feel the body and really understand the messages. Your own intuition speaks in a language of feeling. And so when, so those exercises are meant to connect people with their body and with those messages, and then they're married up with um, some really powerful writing exercises. And I use those two things as uh, a self-discovery tool for people, healing tool, awareness tool. Um, yeah, so that book is out. It's, t- it's on Amazon. You can search it on Amazon. It's, um, 
really powerful uh, workbook. I'll, I'll use that term because you're going to want your pen and your notebook handy when you read it. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so you have blessed us with so many um, words of wisdom so far, but um, do you have any other that you would like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I have one message that I love to um, sort of finish with. And here it is. You were born, so you're worthy. Your message matters. What if the very thing you might still be a little bit afraid to share is exactly the thing someone needs to hear to save their life, change their life for the better? So it's time to be brave. <laughs> there it is. I love that. We love you. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you. All right. Is there anything that we missed that you want to mention or dive a little bit more into? Oh, gosh. I think you gals were awesome. You let me talk about almost everything I love to talk about. Thank you. Yes. Um, okay. Last thing that we have is uh, could you give us one of your favorite kid stories? It can be cute or funny or serious, whatever you like. Favorite kid stories, like about my own kids? Oh yeah, embarrass them. They're at the prime age to be embarrassed. Yes. Oh my gosh. They or to- don't. They totally are. <laughs> okay, this is the latest one. This is the one that's up in my mind. So I think I'll have to grab it because um, I'm like scrambling in my brain right now, like story, story. Um, <laughs> so, you know, remember my kids are teenagers, okay? And one of them is 18. So he came home for the break already. So he's back home for a little bit. And I had the two of them and we were having a little conversation and there was a talk going on at Thanksgiving time. And it was about the fact, and I I should actually let you guys know I'm divorced. I was divorced about three years ago. So right now I'm a single mom of two teenagers (laughs) and the kid that the kids were sort of talking about Thanksgiving. And my daughter got wind of the fact that her brother made plans for Thanksgiving, which meant she was going to be going with dad up to, uh, they visited his family in Ohio for Thanksgiving. And she got wind of the fact that her brother wasn't going because he was going to the Penn state UMD game. (laughs) And so she's like, you're not going. And so I didn't realize I hadn't told her already. I'm like, "Uh Oh, and I just waited. And so my son without missing a beat, goes to her and says, well, I'm 18. I'm an adult now and I can do whatever I want. And when you're 18, you're going to be able to do whatever you want. So you're just going to have to deal with it this time. This is basically what he said to her. And I, I swear I had to turn my head not to like have them see the smirk on my face about this. <laughs> but um, isn't, I mean, I just thought it was also awesome that, you know, here my guy is, you know, finally 18 years old, sort of feeling, you know, out the world and what it means to be a quote adult. And, you know, he was going off on this adventure <coughs> with his friends. And I don't know, I just thought that was an awesome moment. That is that cute. And I'm, I'm sure she was like, dang. Totally. He got me. (laughs) Well, she, she took it pretty well. They have a pretty good relationship, which knock on wood, I hope continues because that's pretty awesome too. Oh, good. (laughs) All right. So I do want to thank you for taking the time out to talk with us and share 
all of your words of wisdom with us. My pleasure. And I want to tell our listeners again to go check you out because I know I will be. I don't know about Lauren. Yes. I will definitely be checking you out. <laughs> awesome, you, you guys. Out, yeah. Checking you out. <laughs> come, come visit me, bravehealer.com. I have some pretty awesome programs starting in 2019. I've got a super awesome uh, online writing club if you're into that sort of thing. Yes, I am. Um, yeah, so come check it out. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, gals. Bye. Bye.